0: And you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds.
2: Hello and welcome to the preview show edition of the Blue Monday podcast, a three times weekly show looking at all things Ipswich Town. My name is Rich Woodard and I'm your stand-in host for this week's show and joining me as ever is the most meticulous blogger in the football league, Harry from Bath. Harry, how are you doing?
3: Very well, thank you Richard. Meticulous, uh, you could argue, you could say you, you, you're murdered to dissect, that might be another way of looking at it. I was trying uh, to find
2: a nice way of, you know, meticulous, uh, we'll go you. with meticulous, detailed, We'll go with meticulous, Good
3: detail. we'll take that. We'll we'll go go that. that. Howard <laughs> things?
2: I understand you made the trip to Exeter, I, was, I looked on the map and was expecting it to be quite close to you, but it was, is it two hours even from Bath?
3: Two hours from Bath. You wow. look I mean, we were looking, oh great, a West Country game. Brilliant, how fantastic is this. Yes. And then you kinda of go up and say, Oh bloody hell two hours, I mean, what was it? What was it, six hours from six hours from Suffolk, something like something that? I like should have kind and of got problem, medals, shouldn't I? Yeah, and the problem is you get to Exeter and you think, right, we're nearly there. And as I say, I used to work, uh, probably my job used to take me there and, and you lose all sense of north, south, east and west, and before you know where you are, you're kind of on the road out to Launston or somewhere like that. It's a it's a nightmare to navigate, it really is. But um I was glad I went. Um less about the game in a way less about the result i should say and more about just what are we what can we lean because we're all kind of we're all quietly piecing together the yes. jigsaw as to how this team is taking shape as the season as the season progresses so um it was very illuminating from that point of view
2: yeah so what were the key bits that you you took out of it could have either tactically or in terms of personnel we'll come on to maybe the comments post-match as well in a second as yeah. well but yeah any key bits
3: yeah. okay a few things First thing, first fifteen minutes, it was beautiful. It was utterly stunning. Sumptuous football, delicate passes played into space, patterns, rhythm, and exeter were pinned right back. They were we were camped around their box and you, you could they just simply couldn't get out. It was a joy to watch and I remember thinking, Blimey, this is the vision of the future and mm. we've got a backhurst. It's it's imperfect, we know that, but it's really it is lovely to watch. Um and um it was pretty, but it didn't. It lacked a purpose. It just lacked that focal right. point, which will come in time. But it'll take games. It's, uh, you know, I did a piece on the TWD TD side, talking about the lots of little victories. It'll be little victories on the dressing on the training training ground, I should say. Yep. Little combinations. Covalent bonds is the word I used, um, in the pub beforehand. You could see that's what's needed. Yeah, it sounds um, similar to Rotherham in that um, respect. I think as well. Yeah, it was. That's yeah. i that's what I heard. Um, talking to I was talking to Mullet about it, and he said he said that it was uh, it just had. C- you could see you could see the pattern of the two games, as it went on. Um, Exeter came back into it, and that's when it's an amber light flashed, and and. Let's flip to after the game because driving up the M5, I got home at about midnight and I hadn't heard Paul Hurst's comments. I'd only gone on what I'd seen at the game. And when I was going to... I said, I'm going to put a piece together on this, but I was going to talk about the fact that the older players are the concern, not the newer players. And I felt that they were having to learn a whole new style of play. They were having to learn a whole new model of football, both with and without the ball. Right. And um, Hurst... um, needed time with them but then when i got in the door got a cup of tea and sat down and put the post-match interview on then i realized it wasn't that the hearth's view wasn't that they couldn't play but that some of them wouldn't play okay that's that's a very different verb right and um and it made me i kind of went oh because we, we as football fans we've never played so we're trying to you know i was thinking well they're doing their best i'm sure you know you give give them a fair wind but hurst obviously saw things that he didn't like yeah and looking back on the game you could see things as the there were patterns which did emerge we we when we were with the ball in that lovely early phase we weren't read the the, the, the the runs weren't being made the connections weren't being made you could have easily you know, Sirius and war could have overloaded the box. It didn't seem to happen, and we often were completely outnumbered in the box. You had ja- um, Jackson, or when Jackson was out, White Eden in the box, and four Titanic because Exeter's defenders were big. Right, you know, there's no point in doing anything because you, could, you know, you put the ball in, but yeah, well, we, there was nothing better else to do. Um, and, but then later in the game, when Exeter took the game to us, there was I'll I'll raise this one. There was a real juxtaposition between Chalaba, and the some of the more established defenders, let me say that. Okay. Calibre, a killer ball through to Caden Jackson at one stage, isolated one-on-one with one of the defenders, think Troy Brown it was, and he laced past him, put the afterburners on. It was brilliant. So story. it can be done then? It can be done. But what was happening as the, the more established players were getting the ball, they were reverting back to type because they were under pressure and it was the old dirigible ball into the channels right. which we've seen in previous eras oh, yeah. we certainly saw last season and that was that was an amber light there were also looking back on it there were instances um when i reflected on it where possibly players weren't tracking back as diligently there were a few times it's not a criticism of jonas so much because he was hitting the corner flag left right and said he was he was going up the wing getting in getting crosses in all the time but a couple of times lee martin was it was up against him on on their right or left and he was coming down on the counter and jonas wasn't getting back because he was too far upfield, but nobody else was really covering. There were a few times Martin was right. away, and you just thought, I thought. There were a few jogs, and I thought. Looking back now, you can think, you can see where Hurst was actually coming from. Yeah, anyway, so I, I think we yeah. there's we definitely a
2: thought. Off. Maybe we'll come back to maybe some personnel and some choices that yeah. Hurst will have to, to kind of cope with Villa on Saturday. Just. Quickly yeah. picking up some of the questions that we've had on Twitter. Thank you for those. Um, at Firmski says, um, "Do you agree with how Paul Hurst reacted after the exit game? Do you? How do you think the players will respond?" Any? I know you. didn't listen to it until later on, but any quick thoughts on that one?
3: I played it back today and listened carefully to it. It wasn't a rant. His criticisms they were detailed and specific. He talked about the lack, the, the slowness in possession, the lack of willingness to run forward, to play forward, playing in your positions. These were they're very they are not generic criticisms. They are very specific things that players will be briefed to do before going out onto the pitch, and therefore he was able to. He was. It was actually quite a forensic criticism, and given that he went out with a very clear game plan, which they set out to play, but somewhere along the line unravelled, um, I'm totally with Hurst. I'm totally with yeah. Hurst on this. Yeah. I
2: think it's, I. I agree. Yeah, I. I found the comments quite refreshing actually, and I think well yeah. qualified today. I don't know if you've seen the press conference from earlier today um definitely brought up by Stuart Watson and I think yeah I certainly appreciate his honesty and frankness and he didn't go as far as to name specific individuals as well which I think is obviously carefully thought out as well let's um let's move on Mm. to Saturday shall we um and a slightly different test than Tuesday nights uh, with Aston Villa a team that I know quite well actually um these are uh, many evenings spent in the Holt end um, in my student days. Um, and certainly a team with expectations regardless of the season. Um, can you just give us a bit of an update based on... Um, the You did a pre-season show with Ben obviously a few weeks back. Any changes particularly around deadline yep. day just to, to bring out for uh, us?
3: They did finally get some money in. It's worth saying, in, because we're, we're going to hear some criticisms of Steve Bruce in a bit... He has had no window, really, to work with. It's been a last-minute trolley dash to get a couple of key players in, and he has got an unbalanced squad. We'll come back to that. But um, two keepers have come in. Um, they let um, Steer go. He's now gone to Charlton on loan, and he actually played in the opening game of the season. So they've had three games and three different keepers, effectively. The one likely to play against us is a guy called Orian Nyland. Or I think that's how you pronounce it. Or Newland, Norwegian international, come from a German team Ingolstadt. Um, the early feedback—it's only one game—was that he was a little bit under pressure. He was the occasion got to him playing. Um, he played in the Wigan game, and you know, at home with the you know that stadium is yeah, pretty. The so behind know. him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. I've written down here, ca- handling and catchy catching ropey. Right. So he was a little bit flaky, flapping at crosses and things like that. He was fine early on, you know, found his feet. So, you know, north stand, you know what to do. Yep. Um, so there's that. Um, the other guy who I really want them to play is a guy called Andre Moreira. Now, he played against um played in Yovil, during yep. the week. Jo- Yovel, Portuguese under 21 national, on loan from Atletico Madrid. Ah. Um, saved a penalty, um, but um, I've written down the phrase, kamikaze keeper-sweeper. Second phrase, swashbuckling. And also, he's certainly creative. Ooh. So um, <laughs> I, let's just hope he gets a run out. It's um, a good mix uh, for the championship. And I'll say for the penalty,
2: <laughs> it wasn't a classic penalty. I know we, we can't really talk about penalties given how we exited the cup. But um, it was a bit of a part. similar to Rhodes' penalty, I think it was, on Saturday yeah. there. Um, yeah. Any other business there from um, them on deadline so, day?
3: So two keepers and the final player, and this guy is worth mentioning, John McGinn. He's come in, midfielder from Hibernian. Yes, um, we know
2: all about him, don't we? Th- were we linked with him at least last season? I think. I think we were actually. Possibly, no, previous I manager was forgotten. interested.
3: Should have forgotten that. You're right. He was. No, I think. I think um, he was on mixed radar. Definitely. Now Maybe a said that, little but, bit out
2: of our price range. I suspect. Because Celtic game. were in for him as well. I think.
3: Yeah. No, he basically they were saying that he galvanised Tibernian last year. He's feisty. He's energetic. Tempo to the team, but crucially he's a foil for Jack Grealish. Grealish hasn't really had anyone to work with him. Hurahan, they talked about during the week at the Oval, he doesn't grab the pike staff, he doesn't assert himself enough in games. However, so if you put McGinn in with Grealish, McGinn's energy, and he has an eye for a pass as well, he could then create time and space for Grealish um, Grealish is usually very good at getting past players, but yeah. again, coming in could actually it it could balance their midfield with someone like Bjarnes and giving a little bit of mobility in behind them. It's yeah. uh it, it, it's, they're the only three he's brought in. They lack balance up front. They've only got um Kodja on his own, and he's not he's struggling for form. They've a guy called Russian Hebern Murphy who. who yeah they use as a he's, a, he's a bench option really, but he's a he's a prospect. Um, and out wide, they've been using Al Mohamedi, who's really a wing back rather than a winger, along with Andre Green and, um, and uh, Bert, uh, Albert Adoma. And Adoma, a bit like Kodja at the moment, seems to have lost his mojo. So um, there's not a lot up front for them. Um, and I was watching the transfer dealings today to see if anyone yeah. was going to get in under the radar, but it doesn't look like it. Right. My sense is the threat could come from midfield. Yeah. Okay, and well, then McGinn got
2: an assist on his debut, didn't he? I think he's he's got a dead ball delivery on him, I think, as well, if I'm he right. He does. Um, so yeah, that, I think, yeah.
3: Set-piece threat, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
2: and we've had issues with set-pieces so far this season as well, haven't we? So Indeed. Let's not dwell on the negatives. Uh, it's just an interesting thought on Adoma and, and Kodja, because they were both quite important for them last season as well. So well. Are you, you're thinking that that's not, the threat is from midfield... Presumably, we can't take our eye off the likes of Adama, though, and that might be a tricky yeah. challenge for our fullbacks.
3: And this could be the game where they suddenly come back to life again. Exactly. Um yeah. I think with Koji, he had an ankle injury, if I'm if I'm if memory serves me right, last okay. year, and that's knocked him out. One player who hasn't featured who might come back for them actually is Richie Delace. he's the guy who disappeared off the radar, played for Leicester, but then he had a really bad injury. Um, um, back in at the beginning of the 2016-17 season lost that whole season and he was a knee injury then it took him he didn't get established in the team last year he's from Antwerp he went back out back to his hometown played for Royal Antwerp on loan picked up a two-match suspension at the end of the season so that's why he hasn't actually played yet for right. him in, the, in the league but he could start at right back so keep an eye out for him as well they've switched Hutton across to left back Hutton's a bit of a he's hero. an interesting one isn't he Hutton he's, yeah. he's
2: kind of every time he, every time he needs to get another deal another year on his contract he seems to pull it out of the bag doesn't he and I'm surprised <laughs> by that move over to left back yeah. having yeah. read what Villa fans said at him at right back last season and maybe the season before but maybe he swung it back round
3: you never know. He, it was a great goal. They were talking about him. What was it, Edison Orantes de Hutamento, They called him at one <laughs> stage. That was fantastic. Uh, no, he's uh, he's a bit of. A, I think they love him. It was his first goal since 2014. I think he's an absolute. Um, he's a legend. They, they adore us, him. But um, but he has come across because I think Taylor, is it Neil Taylor, the other left back, the Welsh player, who played for Swansea. He's he, you know they wanted to bring Joe Bryan in. They don't have really yeah. a good left back, and they couldn't get Bryan because obviously he went he went off up to Fulham. I think they so they went um, with it's Jonas as
2: well, weren't they? I think they point. were yeah they were i mean, yeah. uh, looking at it from the outside i mean it was it was a team that got into the playoffs got to the playoff final um yeah. last season you know it, it did feel like bruce was doing a bit of um fantasy football shopping last season it was a kind of an all star team in the championship yeah. wasn't it they just mm. missed short um, yeah, not, it's, it's a decent enough start with two wins out of two and three goals in those games, both of those games, mm-hmm. but against teams that um, you probably wouldn't expect to be challenging at the top end of the table at the end of the season. Yeah. So yeah. I, I guess what, what's the chat about Bruce and, and kind of the aftermath yeah. of that playoff final defeat? I, I've From up here, certainly there was expectations that his time was up and yeah. with all that money spent, um, he, he should have owed them a promotion, which didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, what's the chat?
3: It was all built around that playoff game. It really was. We played them. Do you remember just before we played Borough, right at the end of the season? And I remember one of them rather ominously saying, "If he's get, if he doesn't go up, he'll get sacked. If he does go up, he'll be gone by December." That oh, was the view. They they deeply mistrust him. They deeply mistrust him tactically. One of them described him this week as being was the master of playing abysmally while winning. Um, wow. they It's a very disjointed team, no coherent plan. And um, I give him some measure of comfort because of the unbalanced squad he's got and he does give them steel he does give them resilience they've come from they've come back from behind in their two games so far so you've got to you've got to give him credit for that but there is that sense as I say of you know the, 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 the there isn't a tactical model it tends to be just give it to they're, they're winning games because their players are better than the opposition right on an individual level yep. rather than that they've come up with some clever model to win the game. Yes, there's yeah. a whiff of yeah.
2: lobbing all of your best players in there and hoping yeah. for the best. We talked about that yeah. earlier, didn't
3: we? Yeah, yeah. They make them up at something. Um yeah, it's um they I think the owners, though, in a way, when you've had the chaotic window that they've had and the inability they, with this the squad they've got, probably an old hand is probably the best person to be there rather than a rookie going in dealing with dealing with you know t- trying to work things out. They've had to play a lot of players out of position, um, and we'll come on to one of them. I do want to mention um, it was El Mahammedi was playing at right wing as we mentioned. Hutton swapped across. Um, Bjarnason, who's really a left midfielder, he's dropped in as a holding player, but the key one. And it'll be interesting to see that the vulnerability, apart from the keeper in the back four, is who partners um, uh, J- James Chester. Um, because they played Yedinak last week. He dropped back as a holding midfielder in there. Yeah, he's there. a midfielder, yeah. And he's he's he was an absolute liability. He's brilliant. Chester isn't brilliant in the air. and um, uh, Whereas Yedinak uh, can. Yedinac can head balls all day. But on the ground... With the ball on the deck, he's a liability, and it was an underhit pass, which let Wigan in for one of their goals, and they were um, the fans were absolutely scathing about him. They, so the problem is, Twan, they played in there against the Oval. They switched him in from right back, and he looks he looks it's the young player lacking concentration. So whoever partners Chester, that'll be interesting. That's yeah. one to watch out for well. As yeah, well.
2: And yet, not the quickest either. So you kind of think that no. might be tailor made for. A Jackson yeah. appearance on Saturday, maybe. Spot on.
3: That's the that's the kryptonite. Absolutely, um, yeah. And and yeah. even you know yeah.
2: and even potentially you know we'll talk about formations for how Ipswich kind of combat this Villa this kind of all star or was all star um, yeah. Villa team on Saturday. Um, I guess one player that we need to talk about um, the shining star um, and probably the best bit of business they did on deadline day was keeping Grealish despite yeah. the uh, yeah. interest of Spurs. Yeah, he's an interesting one, Grealish. I, I could have. What's your t- Go on.
3: what's your yeah, that well,
2: so. I guess when you see him on the TV for Villa um, and he he came off the bench on Tuesday night against the overall, I think they were kind of a bit listing a little bit in that match and as you say Hirahan yeah. hadn't really taken the game by the scruff of the neck and brought yeah. on Grealish and within a few minutes I think he'd pinged a long ranger off the crossbar um, That's right. and right. he certainly is a really gifted footballer and he's got the he's got that creative eye as well but you my suggestion with Grealish is if he, if he went to a Spurs I don't think it would be a good fit he's, he's kind of in the Agbonlahor model that there's a yeah. bit of flattering to deceive there but definitely yeah. I'm an Aston Villa boy and maybe yeah. I'll turn it on for my home club but maybe mm. if I went to Spurs I'd get maybe a bit lost and an Lahore yeah. kind of stuck around didn't he um, yeah. go on you yeah. look like you're bursting to say something I'm no no
3: there's it. something there's a, there's a massive parallel Charlie Adam Blackpool Right. when he was at Blackpool the team was built around him. It was, it was Liverpool he went to, and he was suddenly, hadn't the team got built around him, he had to then suddenly fit him with a wider model, and he wasn't anywhere near as effective. Yeah. So, so you know, just go on. Yeah, no. Totally and, the, and the other, the other totally parallel, agree. the
2: more recent one, yeah. is obviously Madison at, at Norwich, and he's kind of taken this the step up in yeah. terms of division to Leicester. And I think that's yeah. actually quite a good fit. It's kind of a progressional fit. And I, I, my fear would have been for Grealish if he'd gone to Spurs, that he kind of gets eaten up by that. It's a bigger club than a Leicester, yeah. for example, yeah. and I just wonder whether his head goes being in London away from Birmingham. You know, it's not a million miles away, but it just felt like, you know, a bit much for yeah. him. And and mm-hmm. potentially the the kind of winning formula for him is to get promoted with the Villa, isn't it? Um, yeah. But clearly, at the Championship level, a really great player, and whilst he's at Villa and he's motivating up for it, a real threat too. Yeah
3: the plus the other plus from its would have been pochettino because he's got such a track record yeah it's a good point uh, and, and he's also patient if yeah. you know he doesn't you know he you know the long-term contracts that levy tends to give it you know it's not you know he there was he was talking about there was an interview or some give where he talked about doing all this business in january not for that immediate season but for the following season so he right. gives them a six he gives them a six month lead in it struck me as an opportunistic punt by Spurs I think it was a bit like when Stoke made the bid for Chester which I thought again was a little bit you know they're, they're kind of underestimating Villa a little bit I think on that but um, it was uh, but on Grealish what the fans are saying about him is um, he's adored obviously he was the talisman last season and it's his ability to, there's two things they talk about with him his ability to go past players and create space but also his ability to relieve pressure as well that he can actually with the ball he can he, he's not he's not like a a number 9 who will absorb the ball and take the pressure off like Murph would do for us yeah. back in the day but it's more like he can actually he can he's comfortable he's so comfortable with possession there was one incident i think it was in the Wigan game where he talked about um, gliding past four players in in one little in one little motif um so he has got that in him and suddenly you think yeah. right he's we've got him in our pocket and then suddenly no, we don't. He's gone. Yeah, you know,
2: drop of the shoulder. He,
3: he, he can do that. He really yeah. can. I mean, in the so, game um,
2: at Portman yeah. Road last season, um, I seem to recall that he didn't really get much of a sniff. I think that was kind of a typical, you know, McCarthy job on him. We had that's the kind of meat and veg for the likes of Cole Goose, and, and Madison was kind of similar, at least in the first mm. half last season. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously different personnel there potentially and if Chalaba's the kind of deeper lying midfielder of the three if that's the formation we go with. That's gonna be yeah. an interesting battle, isn't it, Chalaba versus Grealish.
3: Yeah, well it will be it'll be it'll if be it'll well, and and yes, and with excuse in there as well. That's um, excuse against and McGain, because McGinn won't be sitting back. He'll he'll be he'll be bombing forward as well if he possibly can. But Chalaba against Grealish will be fascinating. The thing I loved about Chalaba at Exeter and we're, we're gonna have but this'll be happening all year I know. I've never seen a player with a better positional sense well not in years in an Ipswich shirt he knew where to be all the time when there was danger he just happened to pitch up at the right time crosses would come in he'd get a little glancing headed this was in the second half when Exeter were coming on to us and, I, I, and even though he missed the penalty he got us to the penalty shootout in the first place so yeah, yeah no I really feel that he's, his, posi- his ability to read the game and I mean he's always been good at that he can see danger but Chalobah he's an absolute natural at doing it and then he knows there was one late shot where they had where Bart parried it and Chalaba almost anticipated the parry so he was there ready for the ball to come to him and yep. then he was able to bring it away plus he's able to then bring it forward so that's instinct any, isn't it it is it's an instinct so him and Grealish if it does work out that way and in a way it'd be better because McGinn in a way is more conventional you put McGinn up against Skews and then Grealish and Chalaba together and this is what Chalaba's been waiting for all his career if you think about it I mean you know, Muller described him as the Rolls Royce with L plates. But he, yeah. this is his. You know, right? Okay, I'm getting on the motorway here because Grealish is on the motorway. Yes. And let's just see how good I am. It's quite exciting, it really, is. Yeah, well, if mm. I keep,
2: yeah, if I keep a Grealish quiet for the for ninety yeah. minutes, that's a really good start to a fourth professional uh, game, isn't it?
3: That's a badge. That I was, is a badge. I'm just
2: looking through the. Um, there's a bit of a debate that's had on the questions on Twitter, yeah. um, and the two fills, uh, Phil Bohr and Phil Lone. Apologies if I got the yeah. surname wrong there. Having a debate about whether it's whether Skuse or Chalobah should be kind of the, the deeper of those two. Any any thoughts on on that one?
3: I'd say I'd go with Skuse. Scuse, Skuse's instinct is always good. He's, he's got a good defensive instinct, and from what I saw at Exeter, when Nolan was getting bogged down, um, they had a guy Jordan Tilson. He's a very decent holding midfielder, and you know that's he. They usually bring him on to shore up games, but. Nolan wasn't quite getting the freedom that he needed, I felt, at times. And near the end, it was, when Exeter were coming for us. But during the ballot, and certainly the early parts when when Nolan couldn't quite free up space and we were on top, you could see Chalaba just drifting forward, and looking to see. He was linking with Eden, he was linking with Knudsen, he was linking with Dan- Danassi, and he has got an eye for a pass. Whereas, Skews couldn't usually play one or two brilliant passes a game. Chalaba, I think, probably has pro- about... Sort of, I'd say he's got more like eight to twelve in him, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And so I'd look for Chalobah to be the one if we're if the pendulum is swinging in our favour. Chalobah would be the one I would say to to link up with Nolan further forward. But that's that's that as I say, that's just my view on it. Yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a debate that's it's been had long and hard, isn't it? And um, yeah. yeah, we'll come back to we'll come back to Ipswich in in a little bit more detail at the end. Um, yeah. Just to go to go back and and kind of finish off it or, as it were. Um, We've kind of talked a little bit about the system there. You, we think it yeah. might be a four-one-four-one four one, formation? Yeah, 4-1,
3: four, 4-1. One, four, one. Yeah, we need to mention that briefly. Because he tried three five two. 5 in pre-season, um, the four-one-four-one looks more balanced. Definitely, it does. Four with the back three in midfield, and it just—it just—it—it just—it—it it's, it's, it gives them a better overall shape. So that, they will definitely do that. So in that sense, it will be a little bit of a matchup. Though I've written the phrase down: out to the full-backs and knock it long. We All remember right. that. Yes. Um, and uh, so there might be—you know—just keep an eye out for that little one as well. They might—you know—that it, 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 seems to. The, the, I think that's what frustrates villa fans. It really does. They look at the players they've got and they feel that he's playing very pragmatic football right. you you miss yeah yeah, well,
2: you've got like a yeah, and Omer in that team it's it, yeah. you kind of it should be a case of Keegan-esque type will score more than you kind of football, shouldn't it really?
3: Yeah. yeah, that's also and you do wonder as well whether some of the better creative players might be struggling on, on, under under this model of playing because their games are being a little bit diminished as well so as in where do i sit you mean yeah yeah exactly yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) who do you think that one will be up front just um, just to remind us who who started there against wigan was that codger
3: it's Koji. No, it is Koji. He's the one. He's badly lacking confidence at the moment. He is, He's playing very much within himself. And the other thing they do criticise him for is he does have a certain selfishness. One small yes. thing to mention as well, this has to go in, is the fact that late in the game against Feovil, he got frustrated and they said he was a lucky boy. The word "punch" was mentioned on a couple right. of um, by a couple of posters who were at the game in the thread, and they think he got away. The phrase he got away with one there. He is frustrated, and one of them said that any opposition manager who sees that could well target him. File that one. Yeah, uh, I he's, guess that's. I think he's, yeah, it it's a fun brief happen.
2: for Chambers maybe, or N C Island maybe to uh, ruffle a few feathers there. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering. Uh, there's a thought there maybe that Doma had a spell up for when Codger was injured last season. Doma was up front for them I think was the, was the striker was the sole man up front and actually had quite a run of scoring is there any chance do you think that they might switch those two around or I'll bin Kodger to the bench
3: well they did at one stage in the, when they were doing the three-five-two, they had both Green and Adoma playing up front but I think it was some Kodger was coming back from injury right. so they had two wingers playing as strikers and the fans of course blame bruce but because bruce didn't have any strikers so what else could he do and yeah. um, he was trying he was just trying ideas i think um i don't think at would will be up front i'd be okay. surprised given the current given his current form i'd be i'd be stunned and i think it would be the two center backs could could comfortably deal with him okay
2: so so um any, I know it's early stages, and and we were kind of remarking that the message boards generally start mulling over the next opposition a little bit closer mm. to kick off. But any uh, any early views on? Uh, a oh yeah. Under un, well under pressure is probably a little premature, maybe a a kind of early Ipswich team under Paul Hurst. Any any thoughts from the Villa fans
3: there? Um, well, of course, they you know their views are somewhat superficial. They're, they're not close. They're not close to what's going on. But. Um, what have we got? Uh, they do want to keep the momentum going. I mean, they are playing great, brilliantly. One small point: they we're joking about Bruce being the master of total football because the goals have come from one, two, three. There have been four goals scored from this, of the six league goals. Four have come from defenders plus an own goal. So they're, they're um, you know, the, the the goals are coming from the from the, the back line rather than further up the field. Um, yeah, looking at what they're saying about Ipswich, um, there isn't too much to be afraid of. Um, they're actually more worried about the Brentford game. They have a midweek game against Brentford and I think they play Reading then the following weekend so they were almost thinking should we rest a few players for the Ipswich game and the with Bre- the Reading game and maybe go big against Brentford which is a little bit arrogant because they were also comparing us to um, there were lots of comparisons with Yeovil you know we, we <laughs> took nice. Yeovil we took Yeovil for granted so therefore we shouldn't take Ipswich for granted you know and you kind of go okay I'm not proud um, you know uh, yeah, there was uh, Ipswich are one of my favourites for the drop this season and as Yeovil showed you can't take anyone for granted there was a lot of that um, um, but they do see this game another win and they're suddenly three out of three they're you know it's a statement of it's a statement of intent for the season for the for the wider world look where we are um, yeah. um so in that sense they, they're, they're really optimistic you know one lot you get these comments, this lot are in turmoil was another great line which i picked up on <laughs> they're pretty confident um to say the least there's not there isn't too much to be afraid of they don't know us that's the other thing. I mean, and that much.
2: might work in our favour, I guess. It? I, I suspect the uh, yeah. Bruce might not um, be so uh, so uh, brazen with his views on uh, victory on Saturday. But uh, you yeah. see, the Villa fans are kind of a, a, a they're great fans. I mean, in terms of in the in the top, you know, two divisions, in terms of fan bases, Villa fans are brilliant. And I've I've, as I said, yeah. have many nights in the whole end, and that's a proper atmosphere. And I've I've done a. Uh, a second City Derby as well. That's a, that's an atmosphere as well. I mean, yeah. But they are they are quite flip-floppy as well. Obviously, a few weeks back it was Bruce out and maybe Henri in. Is there a sense of that? You know, a good start and then maybe a few tricky results and things are back to a Bruce out, or is it you know very much building towards a dominant season, AKA Leeds.
3: It's no well they, I don't think they're benchmarking Bruce and Bielsa somehow. <laughs> the same they're not putting them in the same group bracket. Um they they, they really do not like Bruce's football. I think that's the that's that's it always keeps coming back to that. And the balance of criticism is heavily against him a minority of fans do praise the steel he's put in the team and praise the fact that he's prepared to he's put some resilience there and he's working to some degree with his hands tied behind his back and you know they say for goodness sake we've won all three matches what else do you want um so um i i think we don't know we don't know what these new the other the other big thing actually which this come up which did come up as a team They don't know what the new owners are actually like and how patient they're prepared to be and they have no real sense of what their plan is at the moment they're still that's still that's all still very sort of concealed so i think that will give them a better idea i think certainly bruce is a safe pair of hands for now from the club hierarchy point of view and i think it's not a boat that needs rocking right at the moment with a new manager coming in they're also scolded by tim sherwood Right. Yes. Remember. Well, they went through quite a few. You mean Remigard and Di
2: Matteo as well? They did get through them. Yeah.
3: Yes. Tactical team that one, you, that gave me a few sleepless nights. <laughs> yes, well, when he was linked with us, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, oh, yes,
2: I was about perfect. to uh, re- withdraw from Twitter, I think, forever oh, if that had happened. Um, well, uh, the ownership angle is a is a strange one, isn't it? Because obviously, quite a lot of issues with Dr. Tony during the summer, and he yeah. was also quite a public and outspoken um, owner. You know, similar kind of to the. Um, McAntony's at Peterborough and so on and, and the guy yeah. at Accrington who appears to be a, a model now where chairman, chairman get on Twitter and have a bit of a chat with supporters mm. and that was kind of good at the start and then kind of started to erode away when things weren't going so well I guess yeah. it's a flip to quieter owners um, yeah. but as long as they get the funds out and it sounds like as you said they're still short up front so they are yeah. in the market for a few that could be an interesting one. Come January, I guess.
3: Yeah, we'll see what they do. I mean, the loan window's still running, so they might still they might still do a little bit of sort of patch up business now. But no, yeah, we, we I think we'll see. Interestingly, Bruce made most of his big tr- transfer signings in his first January. It wasn't in that. It wasn't summer 2017. It was January 2017 when he brought in. That's when he did, he did the huge move. I think it was players like Hora and Bjarnersen. A lot of them came in in that January window. So that's worth watching
2: just remind us as well just very quickly on, on Villa the the preview the pre-season preview show where do we uh, where was the kind of expectation of the finish I, was, I would assume playoffs again right or was it That's, still early stages at that point
3: I think they feel that they have a playoff the team capable of making the playoffs and particularly with this brilliant start if they can get a bit of momentum up with that big ground and that big travelling fan base they can you know they can, they can, they, can they, they can really push on and they have got a very good core of a squad um their question is around is around Bruce. They said Bruce is is turning. His, their fear furious that Bruce is turning them into a mid-table team. It just keeps coming back to it. Keeps it keeps coming back to Bruce's tactical acumen. And I think if you ask most Villa fans, they'd say that if Bielsa was given that squad, yes, look look what he's doing with you know you you know and Salzir what he's doing with Leeds. Just think of what he would do with that squad. You know you you know you know for all of its problems, but as I say, it's. We'll see what happens in January with them, but um, they're a bit of a sleeping giant at the moment, I would say. Um, they, I could see them. We'll see how it goes when they when they hit. Uh, you know, Brentford on Wednesday will be or Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever night. That'll be the interesting one. That's yeah. when we get a proper measure of them because Brentford fear nobody. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and on a, and on a bit of a run themselves. I, so yeah. far. Hull, Wigan, and Yeovil—it's kind of a, been a similar run of games to ours, actually, isn't it? It has. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they
3: how they match there. Um,
2: yeah. Yeah. So let, let's maybe flip it. Have you got any more on Villa there, or?
3: No, no, that's pretty much it. They're just pretty confident at the moment. They're ex- and they're you know they you know they're looking for they're, they're coming down with the expectation rather than the hope of three points. Yeah.
2: We shall see, we shall see. Yeah. Let's let's flip it back to uh, to us then and, and continue maybe some of the thoughts we had after post-Exeter. Yeah. Um, yeah. A few questions along these lines. I'm looking at... Um, uh, Jules has asked it. Um, uh, Simo or Simo has asked, um, do you think Paul Hurst will make major changes after the Cup defeat? Um, I suspect... And then F- Phil Marshall is also kind of talked about when we get... Um, the likes of who's Bishop Dazelle, this formation in, in this midfield, any, any kind of... What's your take on this, Harry? There's lots of permutations here, isn't there?
3: There are. There are. It's um, I was trying to, piece the, pe- pe- trying to piece the team together. Some of it picks itself, I think, in a way... Um, the midfield, as I say, I would put Skuse and in behind Nolan because just because of that's that's where Villa's that's where Villa's threat is. And if donatien is back, I felt the contrast with donatien and Spence was interesting because I just it was it was it's not a criticism of Spence, but I just felt donatien understood what he was supposed to do yeah. naturally, whereas I felt Spence, Spence was he, I felt he, he 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 I just felt he was very frustrated. He just it didn't seem to work for him. He wasn't quite sure what the model was, but hey ho. Um, I think over time you will see more and more of um first players coming in. Only, that's self-evident, I guess. But um, the players who I'd say are least likely to start would be, I'd, you know, we'll see. I, I thought when when Warden Sears were in the in the lineup, I thought, well, this is really good because you've got a good bit of experience there, a little bit of width, a bit of know-how. Let's see what they can do. But to some degree, they were anonymous. So you might think that he will go with pure out-and-out wingers. Rowe had a very good cameo when he came on. I have to say, he was very, yeah. if I can use my word, peppery. He really was. Yeah, yeah. He was very lively. He was. Um, so he was he was pretty lively um and um as a, as as uh, guion will be back won't he as well I so, so yeah. you know so to some to some degree the, the team is still picking itself but i think um i guess
4: it's it's blue monday are delighted to be partnered with talksport fan network and nord vpn giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely
1: we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: The focus has moved away from the new players now to the established players.
1: Yeah, it's a theme, isn't isn't it?
3: it is it's a huge theme as i say when i was at the game it i came away with that clearly in my head that was the problem these guys need to adapt and hurst obviously felt that they chose not to adapt to some degree we you know we, we we don't know we're not in the dressing room we're not in the training ground we don't know what's going on um but on that i would say um, we've all worked in companies where there have been changes of direction and you make a decision as to whether or not you want to go with it or not yeah on the bus um, i think no, is the phrase. yeah yeah exactly that exactly and the players i'd say to them make you've got to say well maybe I, i'm not capable of making these changes or if i am well let's work on the things that we need to work on i mean it's just it's yeah. it's, it's, it's classic management in a way but um they need they need to make a decision. What well, the worst thing in the world they can do is sit and sulk. They need to actually decide, right, what is it I need to change. Or do I knock on the door and say, look, this isn't for me. Let's see if there's somebody a bit more suitable to come in. Let's see what we can, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Well, we've had a yeah. few
2: questions on that as well. And um, to, yeah. to, we, we could have talked about Paul Hurst's post-match on Tuesday. And it, yeah. it came up at the, the pre-match presser today with Stuart Watson asked quite a really good question about uh-huh. whether, play, whether he's worried about the reactions. And I think Hurst said that no one's kind of been sulking um, and he hopes that it has the reaction. And, you know, if, if players can't maybe take that, maybe the ego is a bit too big and you've kind of get the feeling that the previous manager didn't build a team full of egos that would take that offensively. But you know, mm-hmm. the Twitter post-match and, and subsequently has been talking along similar themes. And I'll pick out a question from Tristan here, um, picking out on two specific players who I, who I think quite a few people took to mean were the, the target of Hurst's ire, which is, Sears and Ward who took on those wide positions and I think were expected to contribute a little bit more in the attacking phase and to support Jackson and maybe didn't. His his point and and I kind of raised it on Sunday about Scoose maybe as well is how long should Sears, Ward etc be given to fit into Hurst's philosophy before determining they need to move on. I think you've kind of alluded to it a little bit but um, I think Hurst's post-match comments were aimed largely at such players who should be experienced enough to lead rather than be led. Hashtag
3: leaders. So, uh,
2: yeah, you were you were there obviously Tuesday. Sears and Ward, yeah, observations and in, in their contribution attacking-wise.
3: They were busy but anonymous, no oh, question. Yeah. They didn't yeah. fit in with the attacking pattern. And looking back now, there were times when, when Exeter started hitting us that they were just as equally anonymous. I felt they didn't contribute anything to the pattern of the game. Um, and... It, it's 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 a concern it really is if if the, if they can or can't adapt because they are being asked to do something that is radically different and in their in their favor you've got to say well look this is all happening in a very tiny amount of time yeah. you know there is this is you know these are I you know i've i wrote you know it, this is really quite terrifying what we're doing it really is the pace of change is just quite scary in mm. some ways but and um, they need to, you know, it's those questions. Can they adapt? And if they can't, they need to just say, look, it's probably better if I if I look elsewhere. But if I can adapt, show me how and let's get on with it. Because yeah. the thing is, it's not going to change. Evans isn't going you know, we've seen enough from Hearst to know that there's enough that's good there. Evans is a patient owner. He's not like some of the Twitter um, Twitter chairman who Twitter will ha- lack, you know, like the Twitter arm, you know, we know, as fans, we lack patience, we lack perspective. We, you know, we're, you know, we're like eight-year-olds in a way. Yes, you know, we all, we, now, we now, want now. now? <laughs> yeah, exactly, you know, we saw that at Forest, you know, you know, they were going through managers and the dressing room realized that if we agitate, we can get rid of the guy, you know, it just, it can feed off itself. Yeah. Um, Marcus Evans won't do that. Hearst is here. This is a project and he will be backed. So you have a choice. That's Quite right. Do. I think there that's there a message what...
2: to supporters as well. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I remarked to this again on Sunday that, you know, we were so, there's a, a few have been really quick to, you know, this is a project that we really need to buy into. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's some really sensible questions mm. along those lines that we've got yeah. here. And sorry that I can't um, read all of these out. Um, kind of taking a bit of a villa slant to it, though, mm-hmm. um, we haven't had too many difficulties keeping uh, opposition Uh, attacks out have we you know the two goals at Blackburn were unfortunate I would suggest and had mitigating circumstances Rotherham was uh, just an unfortunate the ball landed the striker reacted quickly but they weren't coming anywhere close apart from long range Mm. is there something to be said and maybe this is an approach that the previous manager might have taken that actually Sears and Ward who are who are not kind of going to bomb on too far might actually be better against a Villa team that should attack us. Is there something to be said for that, or do we need to embrace the Hearst philosophy and actually take the game by the jugular?
3: No, no. We play a natural game. We've got to play a natural game. We've got to. We, 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 for, for, you don't be. You know, don't, I wouldn't come compromises the language of the devil <laughs> so I, think, I, do, I wouldn't I, I i let's let's just do what we do let's get it into our nature to do it and let's just go for them let's do what we can let's attack them let's put let's put them under pressure let's see if we can isolate jackson against yet or whoever you know if harrison whatever however we play let's um let's ask a few questions of the opposition uh, that's that would be my instinct and if we go down well at least we learn yes you know, let's, you know it's a long this is this isn't about mid table at the end of or at the end of august this is this is about um, look, this it's is a much slow burner it? it's it's a slow burner so i wouldn't i you know you've got to play the players to fit the system because once you start then confusion will set in straight away so you've got to you just got to keep plugging away at it because we've seen enough to to know that it works but we just need it just needs it needs time i i said this in my piece it's the lots of little victories thing it really is it will be those tiny little insights and developments and patterns and trust that starts building up and that's a key word. If there isn't, if they don't if the existing players don't trust the manager they really should get out being blunt yeah. about it. They uh, really yeah. should get out and just if they don't trust what's happening they've no place in the club whatsoever um, yeah. One slightly scary thing I'll, you know, just to, to end on it in a, in a way um, it's I was you were just chatting about it with a couple of fans who aren't town fans one, one mate is a Wolves fan I know in in Bath and he talked about the fact that a lot of mixed teams can really struggle and often get relegated after he leaves and they drew the parallel with the post-Hull game last season when Mick circled the dressing room in, on the pitch, and had that little post-match pep talk to say it's not about me. Whereas, in fact, I think he was saying it is about me. It's mm. uh, or it's not. It's not about the players. I mean, but in fact, it was. It was about Mick, and it was about this collegiate atmosphere. And I think that I don't. I don't know is the answer, um, but it's a question to think about. Is that something that the players need to get out of their system? That that intensely loyal dressing room to Mick is history. Um, as I say, it you know it, it, it could be just a cold theory, but I do wonder if there's if there's something in that. Hearing it from fans of other clubs, and I've heard it from Sunderland fans in the past as well, that the strengths taken to excess can be weaknesses, and that strong bonded dressing room might be a problem for the next person coming in. But, yeah. um, but if it is, it's got to be lanced bloody quickly. Probably. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. and
2: yeah. Mick mentioned yeah. as much, didn't he, in his own press yeah. conference, I think near the end. Um, yeah. And that kind of leads me to the the thought as well. And and um, Stat posted a a, a really interesting um stat uh, during the week about the number of debutants in the first yeah. two games. I think yeah. nine. I think it is. And I mentioned it on um, Sunday as mm-hmm. well. I mean, is there something to be said for for going even further? You know, I I'm of the I'm of a similar opinion that if there are players that are still. Um, it, it, I'm trying to find a nice way of saying indoctrinated, uh, with a Mick pun in there, but I couldn't do it. Never mind. But if, if there are players that are still loyal to the previous regime, um, that maybe can't take the new ideas, and, and you know, and results are kind of you know a little bit wary, is it worth going even further and just bombing them out of the team altogether? You know, it's extreme, but it might it extreme. work? Uh, you know, might it combat some of the issues that you're talking about there?
3: I certainly wouldn't rule it out. I really certainly wouldn't rule it out because if the players are holding the team back the worst thing you want to do is have a have a an, you know you can that you can have unbalanced dressing rooms in lots of different ways it doesn't just have to be about positions it doesn't just have to be about age and experience it can also be about ways of thinking yeah and in that way you want the whole particularly with the project that we have going on you need to you need them fully united you need them you, you need them all literally on the, the same the what the sine waves all kind of totally coalesce on this um as you could really see the difference between the the patterns from the players coming in they got it instinctively they knew exactly what they had to do at exeter yeah. whereas and it was imperfect they made mistakes they were raw you know they you know they, you know things didn't quite work out but they, they knew what they had to do whereas there was confusion with the inherited group so as i say it, it, that if you if you try and embrace that confusion you really will be in trouble yeah. Let's,
2: let's have a quick punt at trying to pick some of the key battles on the pitch. We've already talked about uh, Greedish potentially versus Chalaba. Um, yeah. And we seem to think that if Yedinak is likely to play at centre back, then Jackson might be a better option than Harrison.
3: Yeah, I'd, um, I'd I'd look at that, yeah his Rob His pace is fantastic He's also, the other thing I picked up about Jackson Is he's very streetwise He's yep. very streetwise, yeah Yeah,
2: yeah um, you know, I, I was a bit critical at Rotherham I think he was obviously thrown a little bit in the deep end there And came up against a, a pretty burly centre-back who, who wasn't giving him any change But, you know, pace versus um, a little bit of a more sluggish midfielder out of position yeah. And Yedderak might give him a bit more of a, a scope there um, Yeah any, I think the, the key battle is midfield. You've already mentioned that Villa are probably most strongest there and, and an out-of-form striker mm. means the goal is likely to come from their or set pieces. So we think yeah. it's McGinn, Grealish. And um, was there one other as well? In there? I'd
3: say B- I'd put honest in Bjarneson, behind. only scored the, the last-minute winner, yep. He did, yeah. And um, you know, Plan B is Whelan, but I think Whelan is more defensive, and he's he's more he offers more stability, but he is not mobile, and he never looks forward, and he takes tempo out of anything. You know, one perfect Bruce player. Someone cynical fan said, but uh, that's Whelan's your safe pair of hands, really, in there. You know, he'll peel patrol. Um, and then a dome can, on the side as well. Adoma a on the side. Um, El, El- oh. Mahammedi or Green two of the three however they work it El Mahammedi isn't much of an attacking force really he's a no. wing back and they talk about him lacking confidence to get forward so in a way I'd be if it is Knudsen on that side. I think he should be able to. He should be able to deal with El mohammadi Delay coming. Delay coming up from deep is the. It will be the thing that we need to watch on that side. Yep. So our left winger will have to be very careful. Um, Who do we think that
2: yeah. will be? Just uh, on. So we. Should be Jonas at left back. I think that's pretty. Um, that's probable. Pretty, yeah. Um, who's going to go in front? So it's been, uh, it was uh, Ward on the staff, I'm trying to remember. Um, or Edwards started it on the left-hand side, didn't he, against Rotherham, I he think? He did, he did, And That's right. it was Ward or Sears there on Tuesday, remind me which one it was. I think it was...
3: Um, Sears was on the left in front of Jonas, and Ward was on the right in front of Danassian. Uh, do we think that Ward and Sears are likely to... I think Edwards will come back
2: in one if he's fit. So who's yeah. the other Who's the other winger? Who's the right inside side for you?
3: Putting on the spot now. <laughs> I don't know. Um, how, would, how would you? Or would you put? The,
2: so the other option, which I quite like, is uh, um, Edwards on the right, uh, Jackson on the left. And Jackson Harrison on the left. The from...
3: the prob- no, no, there's a problem with that because Jackson is not. Accrington fans said this. He's not a winger. Oh, okay. He's not a winger. Okay. He came up on the left and was able to get inside against Exeter. He won't get away. He, there's no way Richie Delatt's going to let him do that right. on, on, on Saturday. Um, I'd, you'd, you know, you'd, I'd. Say Jackson has to go centrally. That's what. That's why I'm pausing right. and thinking. How do you, how do you configure it? Hmm. Um, it's. Um, I'd be very nervous about putting Ward or Sears in based on what I saw. On, Agreed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, could you put Harrison out wide and put Jackson in the middle?
2: Do we think? Tao Eden can play on the wing. No, I think no, he's no, no
3: no no he's no 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 he's a holding no Fulham fans were confident that he's a holding midfielder at best putting him out okay. wide. He could do he he has an eye for it he... he can play a really tidy pass and I guess he would therefore give Jonas a a, a partner that would be it would be an odd pairing right. on that side because I don't think he's a natural winger and I don't like getting into the habit of playing players out of position if you can, no. if you can avoid it I, th- yeah. I thought he
2: could I, I'd read maybe misread that he could play anywhere up the left hand side but I think you're right he's probably much better kind of more centrally that's his,
3: that, that's his, that's his natural terrain Plan the other the alternative might be um, I'm just thinking Danny Rowe I don't know whether he's fit enough yep. yet but he, certainly he's got he's got a cameo role written all over him because yep. he was he was you could see he was you could see how he fitted in he you know he he got what Hurst was trying to do straight away on Tuesday yeah. night
2: and yeah. I think Hurst, Hurst picked him out as well um do we think there's any change change in formation there's been a lot of debate including a, a, on our flagship show on Sunday about two up front I, do we think Hurst no, is no. going to sh- shift that I no, I don't I no, think no,
3: so no, no he's he's got he's got a philosophy of playing He's got a philosophy playing, and he will stick with the the system that that works at the moment. Um, it'll be interesting. The the other question is looking at centre back. Chambers needs to have a damn good game because he was it was I don't know what was in his head on Tuesday night. I've never seen him play so badly. But with and without the ball, there was one incident where one of the Exeter strikers literally ghosted past him and drilled the ball into the side netting. And then there was the the. I don't know what pa- what he was trying to achieve. The pass he played into the air, which then caused him to foul the Exeter player, which led to the goal. His um, it, it was a very distracted performance. Mm. And when you think that Inciala needs an established centre back beside him, that's what he had at Chelmsford. It was it was it worked really really well. You know, Insiala's the Padawan in a way, and he's the Jedi. Yes. He, uh, if I can use the analogy, <laughs> you want Chambers to you know Chambers is you know, he's you know he's not just a centre back, he's the leader of that back line. Yeah. There was a mad thought I had to use you know, we wouldn't do it against Villa, but you know, do you swing nuts and into a centre back? Well yeah. <laughs> him at that centre back and, and maybe put Kenlock out on the side, you know well, that would be, you know if that would be, be, it would be brave, but given if Ch- if Chambers puts a few more in like he did on Tuesday, um I, I'd i fear for him, I really do. Yeah,
2: well there's there's cause here for for the youngsters to um at Yucky Brain, winner of the best Twitter at on the questions today shouting for Knudsen with you know uh, sorry for Kenlock at left back and maybe yeah. Knudsen shifting in there's um, mm. I'm looking at a few others you know people talking uh, calling out the performances of Chambers and Bart Bart's got kind of, a you know a couple of moments in in most of the game so far it's yeah you know they need to kind of they're definitely the ones that you kind of need looking at to for a bit of stability and a bit of experience to help these younger players out but maybe as we've talked about you know shifting the other way and getting everyone who's totally on board in the Hurst system on the pitch might work out for us. Who yeah. knows? What's, are you, can I put you on the press on the spot to make a prediction, Harry, for yeah. Saturday? What do you think?
3: I think a one-all draw. I genuinely think we're going to get something from this because this is the first team we have played who won't sit back. They're gonna go for us and we will and it'll be fascinating to see what happens as a response because I think we have got firepower up front and it just it hasn't had the opportunity up to now. It's not that we're gonna play in the counter, but I think we have it in us to take the game to, to villa. They won't be expecting that after that if they can if we can do it that we did in the first fifteen minutes against Exeter with a little bit more purpose and focus. That will they they won't see it coming. That could be that could be a real opportunity for us. I like so your. So I'm going. I'd say one all draw, and because uh, they have got enough in them, I think to you know they have so much quality, and we're still finding our feet. Yeah. But yeah,
2: yeah. I, I think uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the easy prediction is a Villa, a Villa, Villa win, isn't it? But I quite, I like your prediction. I and, I, and we have made really good starts as well. I, the, yeah. the only thing that's stopping me from going the whole hog is. The goals haven't been flowing, have they? So no. it's really important, and we've talked about it. We've, you know, dwelt on this point quite a lot. Mm-hmm. These wide players, the and no, no, number ten needs to really support the striker. But you know, it's not. It's one of those. You get the feeling that we might get something out of this game, don't you? It's, yeah. The reaction, I think, as you say, is really key. So yeah. we shall mm-hmm. see. It'll be an interesting game, nonetheless. Definitely a step up in opposition, and yeah. hopefully maybe Villa keeping an eye on Brentford for
3: for next week. <laughs> Harry thank you very much
2: have we missed anything is there anything else that you wanted to add there Don't your think meticulous so. it's notes it's been an
3: absolute pleasure it's been an absolute pleasure well, really. it has been thank you for your years. company
2: um, let yeah. me do the plugs quickly so uh, the flagship show is back on Sunday I believe that Ben resplendent in his new tan will be hosting along with David and I think Joe is joining him as well you can follow us at Blue Monday ITFC Harry where can we find you on Twitter and your
3: blogs At Harry from Bath, um, if you go, if you click on my um, profile page and look at all my previous tweets, all the pieces that I ever do, you can find them all on there. And
2: the villa piece is that up already, or is that tomorrow? Um,
3: that's not up yet. That will go up. It's um, uh, it's it's, it's am Just sorry. waiting to see. What are we were? It's uh, eight o'clock Thursday evening, and um, we're. I'm waiting to see. I always see what the what they're saying about us is the bit I do at the very end. So that'll it'll get. I'll send it over to Phil and Gav at TWTD tonight, and that should be up mid morning tomorrow. So that's Friday.
2: Great, brilliant. Harry. Friday. Yes. So you can find me on Twitter at IpsRich. Let me do the whole gang quickly. At Benjamin Bloom, at David Diamond Three, at Mikey Smith Thirteen, at Joe Fez, and of course the Renegade Statman at Chomp X Three. Harry, thank you very much. As always, we'll thank see you Richard. next it's week. Or are you doing a uh, cameo for Derby on Tuesday? Is I that maybe a bit a- of a stretch?
3: I'm hoping to get up there um, okay. so I just I want to see well it's not, we're not playing Derby we're playing Frank Lampard's Sorry, Frank Derby Frank
2: Derby of course <laughs> and then uh, yeah Sheffield Wednesday the week after that'll yeah. Yeah, be an interesting one as well well we shall see thank you as, again Harry and um, thank pleasure. you for listening thank you for watching and we'll see you soon cheers bye 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 bye
1: on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there, offering much-needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points.